Hey, welcome to the Culture Classroom, episode one. We're your hosts, John Weaver from Madison, Mississippi. And John Torrey from Denison, Iowa. Hey man, it's uh, JT. It's been a wild ride getting this first podcast going. Uh, it started about six months ago uh, over a graphic, and here we are now in podcast land, getting this thing off the ground and uh, being able to deliver quality information to coaches and teachers all over the country and uh, helping them uh, improve their culture, specifically today with relationships. Yeah, I think you bring up a good point there, uh, Coach Weaver. Relationships are crucial in any business, in any position of leadership or influence. And uh, by the way, that's a huge word for 2019 for Coach Weaver and I is, is our one word. If you follow John Gordon's stuff, is influence. And uh, I think that's what this podcast is designed for and to help everybody learn from each other and grow our cultures in whatever field we have. And uh, hopefully as you join us from week to week, we'll be able to share some insights and ideas. Now let's get better together. Coach Weaver and I, our relationship began about six months ago, and it started with just gathering some information. Uh, Both of our football seasons were about ready to start. We were in camp, and I reached out to Coach Weaver because of J.Kel Graphics. If you don't know J.Kel Graphics, go give them a follow on Twitter. Uh, They do some great things and marketing and just engagement for your program. And I was looking to bring an experience like that for our community Uh, in Denison and put out a schedule graphic and uh, didn't know Coach Weaver at all except from the work that he's posted online. And all of a sudden, as I'm calling about information, how much is it going to cost, when can we have it by, what should we do with it once it's done, all those semantics, all of a sudden it's like, holy cow, you're a football coach, you're a teacher, we're like-minded, you do this with your program, we do this in our program, this is your scheme that you run, we run the same thing. And so all of a sudden, we have this great relationship that's starting to emerge because we're two peas in the same pod in different parts of the country. And so what started with a little bit of marketing and a little bit of engagement for our program has really evolved into, well, now we're doing a podcast together. Yeah, and going back, JT, doing JKL Graphics has opened up so many avenues uh, for influence and building relationships with people, uh, seeing different cultures from Rice Lake, Wisconsin, all the way to California and some schools down in Florida wanting to brand their their team and improve their culture. But don't get me wrong, you know, a lot of people mistake that as culture, just having stuff on the wall when that's definitely not the aim of the athlete in 2018, 2019. It's more of relationship building, just like we did with our relationship. It started as something small and now it's, it's built into... Uh, providing a service to each other, of challenging each other daily and helping each other build uh, stronger athletes, not just with X's and O's, but with their relationships uh, with us and our relationships with them. You know, with with us, building those relationships is crucial to identifying the first part of your culture. For sure. I think that's the big misconception in culture that I remember when I started coaching, I would have a quote 
on the on the practice plan, or I would hang a poster in the wall. And at the time, that was kind of my culture. Those are the things I stood for. That's what I want to duplicate it in my athletes. Culture is so much bigger than that. And so if we can shift the coaching world and the paradigm from just putting a quote on a practice plan to actually core values and a vision and a mission and to live with purpose and intention, that's where we want to take uh, other people with this podcast. I think there's so many coaches out there that are listening that they put the quote on the paper and like, oh, yeah, this is the quote of the day, but they say it one time. Or I can go back to coaches that have a mission statement. Well, they they come up with a mission statement. They say the mission statement one time, and they think everybody should get it. Well, it's never reiterated. It's never um, intentional on, hey, every day we're going to talk about this. And one of our guests today in the classroom, Coach Herbert Davis, has alluded to that and what things look like inside of, per se, his classroom, what things look like inside of his locker room and how he's evolved. Uh, three years, five years, and even now uh, to what his relationships look like with his kids. Welcome to the Culture Classroom. We're visited today with Coach Herbert Davis, one of the winningest coaches in Mississippi for high school football. Uh, great, great to have you on today, Coach Davis. Thanks, man. It's always a pleasure. Uh, today we're, we're talking about the culture with our relationships and our kids, uh, not just in the classroom, but a, a lot of the times on the playing field, such as football, or basketball, but uh, especially in the locker room, just the relationships that are built and the trust that is uh, instilled now with kids. Uh, just talk about where you started uh, back when you started coaching to now and how you've seen the, the difference with kids, and now it's more of a culture-driven and player-driven. Well, a couple of things. You know, back when, when I was growing up and when I start, first started coaching, you know, uh, you know, when you went home, you were told, "Hey, you do what the coach and the teacher said to do." So uh, that was that was uh, you know that was just a given, and uh, you respected your parents enough, and that's and that's what you did. Uh, and of course, as that goes through the years, and now to 2018, you're sitting here with, you know, these kids want to know the why. To me, culture is what you believe in, what you do in it every day. You know, and you got to live it every day. And uh, you know, when I first started, uh, you know, probably. You know, the kids just kind of fed off what you, what you did every day in practice. You know what? In uh, to now, I think it just takes a lot more. You know, and uh, you know, I think I found out that when I came here, I'd kind of been successful doing it the old school way, the old fear way. The, you know, and and uh, these kids just uh, didn't respond that way. So that's uh, you know, actually, you know, had one of my assistant coaches. I don't know who he is. But, <laughs> you know, Coach Weaver sitting here with me. You know, started kind of pecking away at me, hey, we ought to think about this and we ought to think about that with this culture stuff. And, you know, as I got to looking at it and self-evaluating myself and my program and our kids, uh, you know, I just saw a need. And uh, so, you know, uh, so we began the process. Well, with that process that you talked about, and uh, I think relationships are huge with kids. Uh, you're, you're always been a, a, you say facts, but I think you're a truth teller. Uh, and that's what kids need to see nowadays is, that you're going to be real with them. Uh, it's no gimmicks. There's not just words on a on a piece of paper that are that are in the locker room. That there's substance to the relationships that you have with your kids, like going in the locker room and, and hanging out with them uh, in their home and, and doing things that helps them understand that hey, that's not just my head football coach, but he's probably you know he's got my back in anything that we do. So talk about your culture with your football team. 
uh, kind of the direction you went three years ago and how that's impacted your teams, not necessarily just year one, but you've seen the system work. And this past year, you, you win the conference, you go undefeated, and uh, a little bit of a snafu in the state championship game, but you've alluded to earlier of how maybe it was a mental approach of that game and how we can learn. And, and it's not just an X's and O's uh, mentality. It's more of a culture-driven and, and getting the mindset of the kids right for that type of game. Yeah, yeah well, I think, you know, we started out, you know, simply finding out what core values were. And, and, and you know, really we kind of – I thought we made a mistake we, we did the core values ourselves as a coaching staff. We're at the time, uh, couldn't find out now I've had to start all over. And we, we kind of are doing that now is make sure you get your players involved in uh, developing those core values. They're the ones got to believe in them. I mean, it's just like, uh, you know, anything. You can run whatever play or offense you want to, but if they don't believe in it. So, so you got to do something to sell them on that. And that's obviously the culture that you, you know, you push on them every day. But uh, it, it, I think you get a lot more out of them with them, uh, you know, being involved in, in, in building your core values. Uh, and so we, so we started out that way, and, 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 and it, was, it, was, it was good. We talked about them. You know, we made our guys, uh, you know, learn them. And, and they had to learn them before, the, uh, you know, two-a-day started. If they didn't, then they didn't get to uh, play. And, and they did a good job with that. But, you know, it was almost like it was force-fed on them, you know, I thought when we first started out. And then and this summer I thought it just became more intentional when we when we really kind of sat down. And every day we're at a private school, so we, we actually did a five-minute devotion slash motivational speech with a different coach every day. And we just picked a topic, whether it be, you know, discipline or whether it be – effort or what it may be respect or whatever and we just picked a different topic every day and I just truly believe uh, that was a major stepping stone for us getting our guys to continue to see the importance of our core values but also developing that relationship with those guys and I think they saw the coaching staff was more of you know hey maybe they really do care about us a little bit so and we do uh, you know you can say that but you know hopefully they saw that we were truly pouring in more than just X's nose with them. Right, so I think about Tom Herman's quote when they beat Georgia. He said, and I quote, uh, the culture of the locker room became a player-led team instead of a coach-fed team. So that goes back to what you said, how it was coach-fed. And I think sometimes when you're starting a culture, uh, it has to be a little bit of coach-fed because your coaches have to be on board with it, kind of like you all have to be swimming the same way and getting the kids involved and, and kind of helping them uh, move forward and what they want their culture to be, uh, like for – for instance, I know that you're trying to uh, change your core values a little bit. It's a new team. It's a new direction. And we've had those for two years. But having the players take ownership and responsibility and you say intentionality, well, a big thing with, with the culture classroom is intentional relational leadership uh, with coaches and teachers to their kids. So uh, I'm excited to see where it's going to go and, and how that impacts your 2019 football season. Yeah, and I think another thing, too, is, you know, it, it's just not from the head football coach. I mean, each one of our coaches, you know, have their own strengths, and I, kind of, I think they've taken their own, uh, you know, perspective on each of their, uh, their you know, their, their um, position groups that they coach. And, you know, when we grew up 20, 30 years ago, families were a lot closer. They did, everybody did everything to get together at the house. And now it seems like our families are apart and our – 
our, our world's just got us pulled all over the place, and kids are searching for identity. So I think the more we can get them to be a part of a, uh, a group and a part of a team and, and all believing in the same thing, these, these kids are looking for this uh, nowadays. And, uh, you know, so uh, football team, I think, is one of the best ways to, to put it together and, uh, and, and be able to, to grow young men. Well, Coach, as we, as we go forward, take this adventure in the culture classroom, what does culture do, not just for your playing field or your locker room or your team, but for a classroom as you're in administration as well? So what does the culture of, say, a school looks like from the top down? From Administration has its own culture for a school, but for teachers, how important it is for have their own culture in their classroom. Yeah, well, it, it, does, it does start at the top, like we said, with a football coach or like our headmaster has really done a great job here at our school. And, and it's laying those foundations of those core values and those beliefs, if you want to call them. And, uh, you know, and then everybody's got it. Then you got to do a great job with the, the second-tier folks, you know, or be assistant coaches or, you know, uh, principals and dean of students and athletic directors if you're at a school. And those guys have got to take that and spread it down through to the students and, and players and uh, you know, and, and, and you have to live it every day. You, you can't be false and you can't live it every day. But I, I would like for us to, to, to you know, for, for you know when I first started, I just thought we was going to – honestly, I just thought we could put something on a piece of paper and, it, it, boy, it sounded good and, I, you know, I, I, I think it was going to, you know, it's going it's to work, you know. Uh, but kids aren't like that anymore. They really, again, you want to know the why of it. So I think you got to take each one of those core values each and every day and you got to have an intentional process to be able to, to uh, you know, relate those core values in different ways and uh, to to the kids, whether it be through the, the you know the, the the motivational speeches and devotions, whether it be an opportunity in the weight room when you're getting them fired up and you know or on the field, uh, whether it's in meetings, uh, they have to see it every day and uh, and and from different different views and uh and from different people it's got to be the truth they they, they, they you know that and that's ne- to me that's that and changed through 25 30 years of my coaching and playing you know the the, the truth has never changed kids kids always want to know the truth and they know when you're lying and uh, so they want you to be up front with them but i think that's the biggest thing that does start up front it's got to be filtered down through there and everybody's got to be on the same page and it, it, you know it just don't happen overnight you know for us you know, we just, I think we found something a couple of weeks ago where it says, hey, it almost takes two years to put it together. I'll be dang, it's been about two years since we really started doing this. And we're just now starting to see some of those rewards from, from starting our core values. So uh, it's a process for sure, but uh, I really think it's made a huge impact in our program and in our school here. All right. So let's finish up by talking about your senior class that you just had. And I know you were big on those guys. And you talk about intentional leadership, not only from coaches and the relational leadership, but I thought they did a, a phenomenal job with leading your team where it was a player-led team, where it was one of the senior captains sweeping uh, out the uh, weight room after a playoff win – or, excuse me, after a homecoming win. And even um, last game of the season, they're in there after we played in a rain kind of game where it's mud in the locker room. They're sweeping that out. So – I want you to talk a little bit about how your your senior class has kind of, I guess, catapulted your culture of what you want at MRA, of where you want your football team to go from 2018 until. Well, yeah, you know, I, again, as you said, it, it 
it's, it's kind of like the old X's and O's. It doesn't matter what we know, and uh, it's what they know. And so in core values, it doesn't matter what we believe in. Uh, we've got to get them to believe in it, and, and it starts with your leaders. And um, that, that we, you know, we had a great group that did that this year, and um, – I would I would take them back in a heartbeat, but they you know they they were they 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 lived it in the locker room, and uh, they lived it on the field each and every day. And you know I've always I've always said even before I started all this, you know if you know the key to matter of fact when I took this job I said there's there's a common denominator all my championship teams, uh, whether they won the championship or not, but uh, you know and it, it wasn't talent, it was it was it was leadership, and so. Uh, so you got to find a way, a way to meet with your leaders and meet with them, you know, monthly, weekly, whatever you want to do. Find ways to just spend time with those guys to make sure they're just, just like you do your assistants and uh, make sure those guys are, are uh, you know, on the same brainwave that you are, you know, just because it's, 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 you know, it's just imperative. Now, going into this year, you know, obviously we did a great job last year, but obviously we want to get better every year. You know, one uh, percent better is one of our one of our core values. And uh, you know, I just challenged our guys yesterday. Hey, we got about 270 days before we play. That's 270 percent better. Uh, not just one percent better, but 270 percent better. So obviously we want to continue that. But you know, we've asked them to look. Hey, look into it yourself. We want you to find ways to. Uh, to make it better, if you feel like we got a core value or a saying or something that can make it better, uh, we want you living it and believing it. So uh, we were just, uh, you know, inviting our guys always to be able to give us input and trust in those leaders to uh, to be able to, you know, communicate us just like I would. I want my assistants to communicate with me. So uh, I think that the you know, communication there, uh, you know, it gives them a sense of, of, of good feeling, of, of purpose and accountability for the team, and then uh, I think it carries over. So, obviously, we just want to continue to get better at that, and it starts starts there. That's right. So, as we finish up, Coach Davis, I want to thank you for joining the first podcast uh, interview, and uh, we look for many more coaches to join and talk about what they're doing, the culture of their classroom, culture of their uh, locker room, their playing field, uh, or even their team on how they look to improve uh, into 2019 and beyond. And, uh, Coach, best of luck in 2019, and uh, I hope you get it done. Thanks, man. In enjoyed it. Uh, glad to be a part of the first show. That was Coach Herbert Davis in the classroom, and what awesome information he gave. It's invaluable to see where his culture, uh, if you hear him, just he, he talked about how he came up with stuff, but more importantly, he wished he would go back and do it again of giving the kids ownership. And we believe it's important to give your players ownership in your team and your program. Uh, you and your staff will make all the major decisions, obviously, uh, and will have the final say, but it's important to give them ownership uh, in what they do, especially in the core values. Uh, he spoke about the summer thing, and that is a uh, summer speaking series where that was intentional of letting the kids know where the coaches stand and helping them catapult themselves into a leadership role, understanding what ideals are in our program, the relationships that are uh, going to be cultivated, and uh, some things I believe that you can do to create a sense of ownership. Ask them to decide on, you know, maybe a team shoe, which is something small, but get them to decide. So start on stuff small rather than, hey, define our culture. When this is your first year trying to define a culture, uh, it's, it's going to get um, – a little hairy. Uh, some other things I can think about is um, 
have your team construct the team rules. Uh, it is their team. Um, what about filling out a program or a, a team questionnaire of their likes and dislikes? So, for instance, we, we took kids out to eat some after workouts. We had a bowling tournament for our kids where it was the wide receivers versus the DBs. And uh, just creating those relationships that you can't get just uh, – you can get them on the playing field, but it means a lot more to those kids when you see that, that uh, you're a, a coach and a person just like them instead of on an ivory tower somewhere. No, you're exactly right. And, uh, Coach Weaver, I don't think – you don't need to spend money to make it happen. I mean, taking them out to eat, that's great. Taking them bowling, those things are great. Start with free things. Uh, we would always do every every day during the season, we have an energizer. It's kind of how we start things off. It might be as simple as a rock, paper, scissor concert, contest. Uh, we've done trust balls before where we put our 350-pound linemen up on the table and have about six guys below in the library catching him. So those things that are fun but they don't cost anything, don't overlook those either. That's right. It's almost like your your players, they have to feel like they have stock in your program somehow. And the success of that starts to become more important to them of cultivating those relationships. Uh, they have stock, so they feel like there's more investment than just uh, I'm number 15 and I play wide receiver. And, and you'll find that as ownership goes up and as you do these little energizers or as you do these team activities, I mean, that's really what you're doing. You're building relationships through team activities. Um, at first, it might feel awkward. You know, you're probably not going to get a 350-pound guy on a, on a table to do a trust fall right away. But over time, they become more and more authentic. And your kids expect that, and then they'll have their own ideas. And so as the leader, don't feel like you have to do it all yourself. Share some of that ownership with the kids. You'll have the final say, but share it with the kids because ultimately it's for them. It's not for you and your coaching staff. Yeah, I don't know if you can get. Me, other, I don't know if you can get me on a trust fall right now. <laughs> right, right. I mean, and we've done that before too. Like we did coaches on the on the table, and then a trust fall with our position group. You don't have to do anything elaborate. It doesn't have to be go out and spend a bunch of money or holy yeah, cow, right. I'm going to fundraise or how are the boosters going to be able to support this? Start small and do daily things that just bring a little bit of energy to the relationship. Right. You got. You got to remember it's about them too. A big, a big takeaway is that it's about them. Um, so as Herbert talked about in his interview, JT, giving the kids ownership of just the core values. So he can, he's going to reevaluate those things. And if they have something they can add to the table, he's going to let them change them. And uh, I think that's, that's going out way past what I think any other coach would do. Like, wait, this is our team. So I, I told him after the interview that, this team is on rent. Every coach's team is on rent each year. So each team has a new dynamic. So let them have their spin. And I know y'all did something cool with the kids uh, with y'all's motto. Yeah, we, uh, we've been on this culture journey for about five years ago. I've been in Denison now six years. And when I first got here, we were 0-9. We didn't have anything to hang our hat on. We only had about 35, 40 kids in the program. So things were looking pretty bleak. And I sat down with the head coach, and uh, we talked about He goes, what's your biggest takeaway after being here? And I've been blessed to see football at all different levels, from youth league all the way to the NFL. And I've been to three Super Bowls. My biggest takeaway was we didn't have an identity. And culture gives you an identity. One of the things that we've done, though, to share that with our kids is our mission never changes. Every year, it's always the same six words. 
believe in something bigger than yourself. That will not change. That's going to be a staple of Monarch football for the next decade or years to come beyond that. One of the things that we give players voice in, though, is that every year the seniors choose our motto. And this year we had a small group of seniors, but they've been in the program a long time, and uh, they were able to come up with the phrase, we is greater than me, with the little greater sign, just to make it a little trendier for uh, millennials out there. And that was on everything. We put it on wristbands, on the back of our shirt. We put it on our practice plans. We talked about it daily. Are you me or are you we? You know, if you're a guy looking for your stats or, oh, we lost, but, you know, I had 100 yards receiving today, well, you're me. And really, at the end of the day, we didn't get it done on the field, and so that's what we're after. We're after what is the collective group doing. And it was interesting to see that unfold over the course of the year where we've been close, closing the gap over the few years that I've been here. And this year we were actually to have finished with a winning season and very close to a playoff appearance because of our mentality of we is bigger than me. In all seriousness, you want those kids now that will run through a brick wall for a coach. You know, those, those kids never uh, cease to know that they're out of a game because they're going to play for their coach, and it's because of the relationships that are being cultivated uh, even right now. I mean, this is the perfect time they're in the off season when they're, when they're in the weight room at 6.30 in the morning, when they're running with you in the afternoon, uh, those are great times to spend with your team, understanding who they are and what direction they want to go. When, and, and don't overlook the fact of, you know, if they're competing on the wrestling mat and you're in the gym that day, or if, if they've got a big basketball game and, and it's a doubleheader, boys, girls, and you're in the gym that day. I mean, those, the players need to see that, and then you can build a relationship off that. Then you can talk about the game. Then you can talk about competing. And you can talk about the values that we want to instill in all of our athletes. Um, the important thing to me about culture is that you're setting a tone and a foundation for what you're going to build on in the future. Right. And then I, I go back and I think about this, JT, um, just not even just athletics. So there were, there are guys that I've coached before that were in boy scouts and they had to miss three or four workouts to be an Eagle scout. Well, everybody knows that an Eagle scout is a huge honor. If you, if you reach that. So I would ask them periodically during the summer, how's the Eagle scout going? Or even if they're a, I don't hunt. Uh, I have my next door neighbor that gives me deer meat and deer sausage. So I'm like, why do I go out in 30 degree weather? But uh, ask them, you know, did the deer win this weekend? Did you win? What size? Um, what was the score, I guess, uh, of the buck that you killed? Did you kill any? How many did you kill? Did you kill any ducks? Uh, so find different avenues to find out how they tick and uh, show them that you care more about the person than just the athlete with them. And I think that's going to go a long way with your coaching. I think it's going to be a lot more fun as 2019 is underway with your team. I think you start building those relationships now. You're going to probably have increased participation in the summer. And you'll see a difference in your team, uh, whether it be basketball, football, soccer, or even swimming. Uh, You'll see changes in your kids and their attitudes towards you. Yeah, I think, I think you bring up a good point. That's what a relationship is to me, is just knowing your kids, knowing what they're, what they're involved in, knowing what their family life is like, knowing the challenges that they face on a daily basis, and then helping them strive to overcome whatever odds are against them. I think that's our role as teachers, leaders, and coaches. You know, and I, I can't help but think about 
the, the text message and the DM that I shared with you about a guy that I didn't even coach his position. He sent something to me over the holidays. Uh, you know, we do, and we'll talk about this later in a, in a different episode about ways to reach your team. I put something out there about as 2018 winds down, I want to challenge coaches to be more intentional with uh, the relationships that they have. And it's about the letters that we write. And um, he said, man, you were that coach for me. You saw my potential. I think that's huge when coaches make it. He said this, coaches make an impact on players on and off the field. And you were that for me. Now, I'm not giving myself a selfish plug. I'm not trying to do that. I think that, I think that's so needed in today. Uh, if you look at the national championship, you got two coaches that believe in that same thing. Alabama was absolute shambles when Nick Saban took over, and they've just been a powerhouse now for over a decade. Uh, everyone's waiting for when that other shoe is going to fall for Alabama. But Saban keeps it rolling, and it doesn't matter what the name is on the back of the jersey. They always play for the name on the front. And then you've got Dabo Sweeney, who took over Clemson and, uh, you know, perennial cellar dweller, uh, not a lot of success. They were the little brother to South Carolina in the state. And what he has built in just over a decade uh, down in Clemson is just as remarkable as what Saban has going in Alabama. And again, Dabo Sweeney, overbeliever, uh, Nick Saban, all about the process. So I think that's the important part of culture, too. There isn't one team's culture that fits everybody. You have to make it your own, and then you have to tend it every day and groom it and get it to grow into your vision. You have to be yourself. Uh, kids can spot a fake. Uh, they can spot a gimmick. So you have to be truthful. So one is all about relationship building, and the other one's all about the process. You've got two leaders who are exceptional in their field, and their program is performing at the highest level right now. And it's all because of things that they did years ago. You've been in the culture classroom with Coach Weaver and Coach Tory, and we want to thank you for joining us. Uh, hopefully some of the insights we've shared are applicable to you in whatever field you're leading, if it's teaching, if it's coaching, if it's business, if it's something else. And uh, so thank you for listening. As we work to our second podcast, tune in and you'll see how what it's like to build an identity with a small group of people or even your team as a whole and how you can get people to rally behind that. We want to hear from you next, coaches, teachers, leaders, anyone who's out there listening. Go hit up our Twitter account. It is at CultureClassroom19 and tell us, what are some things that you do with the people around you to intentionally build relationships? Uh, start a thread and a conversation and look for shout outs throughout future podcasts. But go hit us up on Twitter at CultureClass19. We want to hear from you.